Songs are memories, music is therapy. Hello and welcome to another episode of You, Me, the 80s and the 90s. As always, I'm Wayne Suggs. And I'm Emma Louise. How are you, Emma? I'm great. The weather's improving, the sun's shining. Yes, well, we're in, into August, so Australia's sort of gone, oh, we're done with winter. Yeah, we're <laughs> going to heat up, baby. Yes, there you go. And you know what's going to heat up? Mm. The songs in this podcast. Yeah. That's called a segue. <laughs> nice segue. All right. <laughs> let's get right into it, shall we? And let's go to 1994, where we've just picked five songs and we'll have a look at them. So mm. let's start off with Smashing Pumpkins and Disarm. The song reached 16 in Australia, 13 in Canada and 11 in the US. This is a really good song. Yeah, and I think it's most people's first introduction to Smashing Pumpkins. It was certainly mine. I know they were around before then, but Mm. this is the first time I remember noticing them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, being a pop music fan, you know. (laughs) Yes, but even this wasn't as big as their because this. What album was this from? Um, Um, This was Siamese Dream. Yes, that's right. They had much more, like, bigger stuff on Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. Um, but chart-wise, mm-hmm. uh, so, so this got to 16 in Australia. They, uh, 1979, which is their most commercial song, mm-hmm. got to 16 as well. Their oh, biggest hit in Australia, their only top 10 song, The End is the Beginning is the End, from the Batman and Robin soundtrack, got to 10. And I don't actually even remember that song. I remember so many more of their other songs. I don't remember the one from Batman and Robin. But that was like the biggest soundtrack ever. Oh. Because we're always talking about that, like Seals on that, U2. That's right. Massive stuff. Yeah, great soundtrack, Fizz a movie. Anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Smashing Pumpkins. I Whenever I hear Smashing Pumpkins, I think of my brother. Shout out to Matt. Uh, He's living over in England at the moment. Uh, And he just was the biggest Pumpkins fan uh since he was a teenager and i remember going to a concert smashing pumpkins concert hey, with him i bet that was great ah uh, look no it, yeah i mean the music was good yep but i think matt might have even been a bit like me a bit disappointed maybe i was more disappointed because i wasn't as big a fan but yep. billy didn't say anything you know okay. how we talk about going to concerts and yep. you kind of want a little bit of you know a Story or an anecdote or yep. something from your your main man up there, yep. you know, and he literally just actually didn't say anything really. Wow! The whole time it was just play a song. Yep, the audience mm. could claps and then the play another song. The world is a vampire. <laughs> Next up, yeah. So yeah, that kind of let me down a bit. And then we, of course, we tried to stand and meet him and get a t-shirt signed for Matt at the back, and we didn't succeed oh. in that, which sucked. But oh. um. You know, yeah, I like hearing this, the Pumpkins because it makes me think fondly of my brother. There you go. See, whereas <laughs> I, I feel like it's one of those bands where you get people who really love them. Like it reminds me of a tech guy that I used to work a lot with in theatre. Mm. Uh, his name was Nick Adams. Funnily enough, then I dated a Nick Adams who was a different Nick Adams. Yes, uh, very they, confusing. They spelt their first names differently. Differently. Uh, so this N-I-K, Nick, he was a massive Smashing Pumpkins fan. And mm. so it reminds me of him. Hearing, hearing the band, yeah. which is nice that you know music elicits memories of people that you really like and yeah. haven't seen in a while. And haven't seen in ages. Yeah, it's really interesting. This song did not do well in England, didn't it? No, uh, the BBC banned this arm from Top of the Pops because of the lyrics "Cut that little child." Oh, of course, and yes. it received little airplay. Because people thought that lyrics like "What I choose is my choice" and "The killer in me and the killer uh, is the killer in you" is actually about abortion. 
Which it's not. It's not. It's actually about wanting to kill his parents. Yes. <laughs> it's a much Far nicer topic. Nicer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Corgan actually described the song as being about my childhood and how I turned into an asshole. <laughs> Which, you know what, very talented man, but I have heard stories is a little bit of a diva. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of something in there, angst or yeah. whatever. He must have had a weird upbringing. Or so this, is a, upbringing, this is a quote perhaps. from him. Yeah. I never really had the guts to kill my parents, so I wrote a song about it instead. Mm. Well, I'm glad he didn't have the guts. It's I am also a glad. It's a decision. Yeah. It's not something I would support. Yeah, no, no, no. no. <laughs> Considering your dad's in the next room. Um, <laughs> I don't think he'd have had the career he's had today if he had. Yes, no, um, no. They've actually sold 30 million albums worldwide. Doesn't surprise me. Uh, so I yeah. thought it would be more, actually, because yeah. they're quite... I think I think thirty million is is for me sounds right because like they they're popular but they were niche. Yeah, sure. Um, and I think they got a little upset being lumped into the whole grunge thing. So he is oh. quoted as saying, "We graduated from the next Jane's Addiction to the next Nirvana. Now we're the next Pearl Jam." You know, he didn't like being associated with grunge acts because he thought that they were different, which I think they are. Yeah, they're a lot more theatrical and like. Yes. I listened to Disarm again this morning and just musically, because I, I think I always think about the lyrics and Billy Corgan's voice, mm-hmm. but I really listened to that music this morning and it was really interesting because here's this, you know, these lyrics about the killer of me is the killer of you and there's these joyous church bells throughout it. You know, it's just... I think they sound more like funeral bells. Well, see, maybe that's it. Yeah. Whereas, I, 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 I don't know, yeah. <laughs> but the beautiful strings yeah. throughout and stuff. It's, yeah, yeah. It sets a soundscape. Yeah, it's very good. Very yeah. good. Their their film clip for this was quite artistic as well, like shot in that um, strong black and white. Yeah. That was actually a really interesting film clip. For all the five songs we're going to talk about today, there's two film clips I rate. This is one of them. Okay, cool. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah and uh, I think every film clip they made, it was just amazing. Like mm. you just watched it. Like it's art. They knew how to make art. Was it just the three members? Is it really just three of them? Because oh, there was the girl. Yeah. And then there was the other guy as well. I'm not guy. sure. I'm not sure. Yeah. I feel like it might have been a band that had a few people come and go. Maybe. Have years. to read about it. If Matt was here, he could tell us. There, he certainly <laughs> could. And I just wanted to add that the B-side in the UK, one of the B-sides, was a cover of Landslides. Huh? As, as in, in the Stevie Nicks song. Ah. Which I actually originally heard on an episode of Cold Case that great show that played a lot of fantastic music. And I bought that on iTunes many, many years ago and I love their cover of Landslide. There you go. So that's a hot tip from me. Nice. All right, let's move on to something just a little different, Emma. <laughs> a little? <laughs> and we have I Like to Move It by Real to Real. The song reached six in Australia, 89 in the US, five in the UK and one in Belgium, France, Netherlands and Zimbabwe. That's surprising it didn't go higher in the US. Yeah, and I, I feel like then years later it became popular, which we're going to talk about why. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, at the time it wasn't. Yeah. Which, you know, I, I'm, I'm remembering you like this song, yeah? Well, look, it's just one of those dance songs. You can't help but move to it. <laughs> like it's I, I know, but you don't like Eurodance, but you like I this. I know, I know. Well, yeah, I like what I like. Okay. <laughs> You're an enigma. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, not to say I don't like Eurodance. I don't like a lot of Eurodance. That's not to say I would hate every Eurodance song that ever came my way. Not at all. But this one you like? So this one, yeah, this one. I you can, like to move it, move it. I like to move it. You like to <laughs> groove it. <laughs> It's catchy, you know, um, and... Yeah, those vocals should not work. Oh, but they do. They work so well. Like, he's just got that really deep, distinctive voice and it shouldn't work, but, yeah, it does. Yes. Yeah. The Mad so, Stuntman is his name. That's right. Mark Quashy. Mm. And it's been reviewed this in 2020, in fact, so that was only a couple of years ago. A reviewer said it still sounds as hot today as it did when it first came out in 93. 
um, back in 95, it won an award in the category for best tune of the year at the International Dance Awards. So You would have hated that award. <laughs> probably. <laughs> but if this was voted best tune of the okay. year. Anyway. Uh, it did get popular, of course, due to um, Madagascar. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it? No. There's like three, I want to say three movies, maybe four. I think I three. Uh, they're hilarious. Okay. I know you hate animation and I feel like you're missing out on a lot. Yeah. You know what? I've got a lot of joy in my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Sasha Baron Cohen voiced uh, one of the characters back in the first Madagascar movie uh, and sang this song. And then I think, who was it? Will I Am did a version for the second one and then they did a mashup. But there was a lot of auto tune on that one. Why? He loves the auto tune. The oh, okay. Kinda... I thought you were having a big dig at yeah, Will I, I Am. I had a slight shade at Will I Am. Ooh, ouch. He'll come for you. All right, come on. <laughs> Sydney, Australia. Oh, God. <laughs> so, yes, it got very popular <laughs> due to Madagascar. Apparently, there's been uh, a musical, like a stage musical made of Madagascar as well. Maybe I can take you to that. I thought you were going to say maybe you could get your daughter in that. Uh <laughs> She'd be a great meerkat, wouldn't Which she? Which this uh, tune is in as well. Apparently it's also well, used in the stage. Well, they could not have this in the, Imagine musical. this being in a musical. When this is the theme to the movie. Yeah, it has to be in it. But what do you mean? It'll like, be great. It's, it's a weird song to be in a musical. Oh, I think it'd be awesome. Okay. I'd go and see it. You're making me not like this song more. Now, Why? Just musicals, Will I Am, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> okay, well, let's bring it back to... Real to real, it was real to real. Is really a guy called Eric Murillo, right? And yes, he, DJ Eric Murillo from yeah. New York City. Um, he produced music under a number of different pseudonyms. I think um, Ministers de la Funk, The Drones, Raw. Oh, the list goes on. Um, and he was a very awarded DJ. He won heaps of international DJ awards throughout the two thousands and late nineties. However. He's no longer with us. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, his end, it was a little bit controversial the way he sort of ended up because on August 6, 2020, he was arrested and charged with um, sexual battery upon a woman. Apparently at a DJ party they'd both been at the year before, you know, things went down and he was due to appear in court um, in September sometime and then he was found dead in his home September 1st due okay. to an overdose. So yeah. read into that what you will. Yeah. No one will ever know, of course, but, yeah. Hmm. So controversial ending. Yeah. Hmm. Wow, for a joyous song, this has kind of all <laughs> well, gone no. downhill really, hasn't it? Um. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a shame, I guess, but, yeah. Yeah, but if you – you know, I'm not even going to comment on, on you know. <laughs> no. Good song, though. Good song. Great song. I still like to move it, move it. I like to groove it. I'm so sorry. I feel like I brought the mood right down. Wow. Probably um, did. Yeah. Um, should we go to our next song? Let's go to our next song, which is a song that uh, our overseas listeners will not know, mm. um, but it's such a good song. Our third song today is The Sharp and Alone Like Me. The song reached 20 in Australia. I like this song too. I I love it. I think it's a really good song. It's a moment in time. Yeah, it was like a forgotten gem for me. I'd completely forgotten that this band even existed. Yeah. Um, until this came up on our list. Well, I'm glad you because I wasn't sure. How, well, I wasn't sure. I was like, will Emma like this or not? Well, I'm glad you know to do I'm it. into that sort of. This is a bit more Aussie uh, pub know, kind of music. You know what? If I could pick your music taste, I'd, I could pick anything. <laughs> no, eclectic. Um, this is a Melbourne-based band. I think they started with a different name, slightly different name, 59 Sharp, I believe it was. Yes. They started as um, like a rockabilly, rock and roll rockabilly band, um, which I think you can hear that in their music and to where they've sort of progressed to. Definitely. Um, they were a good time bar band, they described themselves when they yeah. were 59 Sharp. Yeah. And it still lends itself to that. Yeah. Like that you know, and I, I just think and that, du- yeah, the double bass is just 
what I think about when I think about this group. Mm. And also the lead singer's curly hair. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And mm. skivvies. They wore skivvies, didn't they? Did they? Or tur- Is that what you call turtlenecks in America? Skivvies. Yes, yes, turtlenecks. Yeah, we call them skivvies, yeah. which isn't as glamorous a name. <laughs> When you say skivvies, I think wiggles. Yep. Anyway. Yep, yep, definitely. Mm. Uh, but great group and, you know, a bit of a connection to Neighbours as well. Their drummer. Yes. Uh, Pete Collins. Uh, he was writing episodes of Neighbours at the time and joined on drums in 1991. And that's when they changed their name to just The Sharp. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because they'd had rotating drummers at the time, including uh, Daddy Simkick, who was also a member of Real Life. Who we've talked about on the show. Oh, yes. Yeah, send me an angel. Yeah, nice. <laughs> nice. Um, was this, this was from their first album? No, 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 no. This was actually one of their later ones. Oh, really? This is one of their later songs. Ooh. So the song that you love, Scratch My Back, was before this. Oh, yeah, that is an excellent song. Because their first album came out in, what, 93? Yes. Okay. This is sharp. This is the sharp, yeah. That's right. And Scratch My Back was on that. Yes. And the album peaked at 13 on the Aria charts. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they supported Spin Doctors. Yes. When the Spin Doctors um, were on tour through Australia. Yeah. Little Miss Can't Be Wrong. Yeah. That's another good band, isn't it? Is it? You don't like the Spin Doctors? Yeah, a bit middle of the road. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, I got some tune today. Listen to Wayne today, people. Heavens. Um. So when did this album come out then? So this was from uh, 94. Oh, okay. Sonic Tripod, which also reached 13. Okay, nice. But the, they uh, at the ARIA Awards, they received two nominations for Breakthrough Artist Album and Best Engineer of the Year. Back in 93, they also were nominated for Best Breakthrough Single as okay. well as Best Videos. So, you know, they uh, were getting some recognition. Yeah. And then they all broke, they broke up in... Uh, 95. Yes. So it was sharp and short for the sharp. <sighs> yeah. That's a bit of a shame, isn't it? Apparently people, um, as people always do, they, there's always rumours that, oh, the band are feuding and it's really, you know, toxic and whatever. But um, it was later explained to a journalist that um, it was a roundtable discussion. A lot of people like to think that there was a conflict, but there wasn't. Otherwise, we wouldn't be doing a tour because they did finish up doing a yep. tour. Um, and saying, I think people will remember us for being a bit different. Um, which we do. Yeah, which we do. That, that was from the Canberra Times. And I'm from Canberra. There you go. Wow. <laughs> The connections, the connections, <laughs> the connections between, yeah, today. you know, one of them wrote for Neighbours. I worked in the story department at Neighbours. We are so connected to this band right now. <laughs> one of them spoke so to connected. a journalist from the Canberra Times. <laughs> we'll find connections where we can. Uh, they did do a reunion gig back um, in 2010, I think, was their last reunion. They did a series of shows playing Melbourne and Adelaide, which would have been fun. Yeah, didn't come to Sydney though. No, Melbourne's a bit... Cooler, like oh. for I don't know what live music venues really are there left in Sydney to play at, like and have fun at. Anyway, written, spoken, authorized. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on to number two, and we have Roachford and Only to Be with You. The song reached 18 in Australia and 21 in the UK. This is another song I'd forgotten existed. I thought that this song was bigger around the world than it actually was when I started doing research. Mm. Because this band, for a small moment in time, was massive in Australia. Mm. Like ridiculously big in Australia. How many hits did they have in Australia? Like a couple, but it was more the album. The album went to number two in Australia. Yeah. Um, which was, yeah, it was like really big at the time. I just remember listening to radio at the time and it was just all over radio. I mean, and that kind of soft rock was really big at the time. You think like Hootie and the Blowfish as well. Yes. um, Who clearly I like more than Spin Doctors. (laughs) Yeah, like. (laughs) Hey, if you're allowed to be an enigma wrapped up in a mystery, (laughs) so am I. Uh, But yes, the, the album was Permanent Shade of Blue. Uh, it was certified double platinum here in Australia, reached number two, whereas the rest of the world got to 11 in New Zealand and 25 in the UK. 
Mm. So we just sort of, I remember, I bought this album. Okay, I didn't. Um, yeah. <laughs> but that's all right. <laughs> Apparently the song was inspired by Thin Lizzy. Um, Good group. Yeah. And he said, I love Thin Lizzy, wanted to write a song that had a little romantic lyric but a slightly tongue-in-cheek on the verses. No. Yeah. And um, so here it was. There you go. And so I suppose it is a group that a lot of people have forgotten about. But, you know, they did really well in the UK. They were the best-selling act in the UK for Columbia Records for 10 years. Yeah. And it's funny, I don't think this album did as well in the UK as some of their other stuff, but this mm. is the one that, that, as an Aussie, I know. Because I don't know any of their other stuff. Yeah. Really, I must admit. Yeah. But he's got – Andrew Rochford has really beautiful vocals. Yes. Really soulful. For sure. Uh, and that's, I think, what I like about this song. I really like his voice and just that, you know, that sense of yearning in it. It's really lovely. Mm. And he must have done quite a bit of stuff because he's been awarded an MBE. Yeah. Um, yeah, Queen. so I think in Australia we don't realise how big they were. Yeah, yeah, because that's a big deal. Yeah. He got to go to Buckingham Palace. Indeed. Have tea with the Queen? Yes. I don't know if they had tea. but uh, scones? <laughs> a marmalade sandwich? They, uh, cucumber sandwich? I don't cucumber, know. What, what, do you, know. what do you get served by the Queen? I don't know. I don't know. I've never... I don't think you or I are going to make it there. <laughs> um, <laughs> and when they got signed to Columbia Records, they got a seven record deal. Wow, that's a lot. Mm. Because they had been touring. They were touring with Terence Trent Darby and I guess they got a bit of a name for themselves. So the record label were like, well, we want to stitch this up and... Mm. They did. Do you like the song? Yeah, I do. I do. It's not one of my favourites, but I remember it from yeah. back then. And yeah, it was everywhere. And and I think you know, I, for me, yes, it's not you know one of my favourite songs of the year. But yeah. it's a song I think about fondly, and I don't hear it very often. But mm. when it comes on, I still remember the words, and I still song sing along. Yep. Um, I was watching the film clip again this morning. Again, one of those middle-of-the-road film clips. Kind of the film clips of this time, this era, a lot of were just kind of the band playing. Yep. <laughs> and they weren't doing a lot of special stuff. I guess because they left the 80s behind where the 80s was a lot of big things. What new stuff can we do with all this new technology? Yeah, and the 90s was like, we're serious artists, so we just... We just need to be the band. Yeah. This is about the song. Yeah. Not, you know, computer animation or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah good song. Yeah. Cool. He joined Mike and the Mechanics, did you know? No, I didn't. Yeah, apparently after, gosh, when was that? In 2010, in fact, he joined Mike and the Mechanics, which surprised me. Didn't they do Living Years? Yeah. Yeah, right. So he was with them. Oh, and then... I'd like to hear him sing the Living Years. Well, yeah, I don't know. Come to Australia, Mike and the Mechanics <laughs> with Andrew Rochford, I'll come. <laughs> I don't know if he's still with them then, but he's still well, doing stuff. <laughs> uh, he's still doing stuff. Um, released something in 2020 called Twice in a Lifetime, which was a joint um, project with Beverly Knight. Oh, Beverly Knight. Oh, she's got a good voice. I don't know who Beverly Knight is. She's never been very big in Australia. Mm. Massive in England. Okay. Really wonderful voice. Oh, okay. Well, then that Twice in a Lifetime album might be worth a listen to for I you, I think Wayne. for me it will be. Nice. And... Um, it was actually, this Twice in a Lifetime was the first Rochford album um, to chart in the top 40 after a 23-year absence because he last charted back in 97 with Feel. Well, good on him for getting back in the charts again. Yeah, that'd be a good feeling, I reckon. It's, oh, that would be like the with best feel. feeling in the world. Yeah, totally. Uh, let's move on to our number one song, and it is Seven Seconds by Yasuna Dua and Naina Cherry. The song reads three in Australia and the UK, one in Finland, France, Iceland, Italy and Switzerland, but only 98 in the US. Why? I don't know. That that, that actually genuinely shocked me. Wow. Because I, I know she is very British, but, um, but the I song thought is, the, song, the is song is stunning. Yeah, it stands up today as a song. Like, it is such it has an a aged. gorgeous song. Yeah. The film clip has an age. Like, it's just all so... So that's your second one. Beautiful. Yes. Yes. I like the film clip. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just... And the song. 
It's beautiful. Sung in three different languages. Yes. Um, which is, I think, one of the only songs in the world that would do that. Yeah, <laughs> English, French and Wolof. Yes. Which is the language spoken in Senegal, Gambia and Mauritania. Yeah, right. Um, well, because he is from... He's from Senegal. Yes, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's amazing and it's all about... It's quite you know, sad when you look at what it's about. Well, yeah, like the first happy seven seconds of a child's life before they realise that the world is a horrific place that... <laughs> Yeah, Nana Cherry, the Full official of quote was seven and... seconds is about the first positive seven seconds in the life of a child mm. just born, not knowing about the problems and violence in our world. Mm. I mean, it's almost like saying that from the second you were born, you were dying. Yeah, a bit depressing, but. Yeah. Yeah. But they've, how, how well do their voices blend together? Yeah, really, really well. I didn't realise that he was um, such an acclaimed musician. I mean, to be fair, I, I haven't heard. Much yep. of his stuff at all, um, but he's one of the most celebrated African musicians in history. Yeah, in fact, which is huge. Apparently, Nana Cherry uh, did know a lot of his stuff and had sort of grown up listening um, through her parents. I think. Well, because we, we talked about her a few episodes ago, and we talked mm. about how musical her family was. Yes, that's right. Well, it was when they were actually organising a festival, a music festival in Sweden, and Nadur was invited over. It was like a little barn happening, Nena Cherry said. And um, Nador recalled that, you know, Nena had helped prepare him dinner and they were talking like she wanted to get him in on a music thing because she'd already done Buffalo Stands. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it went from there. Like they worked together with her husband. She must have got married young. Did she get married young? I'm not sure. Yeah, probably. Cameron McVeigh is his name. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, but yes, but on him, he started singing at the age of 12 and joined the star band at the age of 16. And, you know, he helped make the national dance music of Senegal and Gambia popular in all of Africa. Yeah. Yeah. So, so great guy. Now, this song, now, so it was really popular here, but it's nothing compared to France. Oh. It was the highest selling song of 1994 in France. And it was at number one for a ridiculous amount of weeks. Like how many? 16 consecutive weeks in France. Ooh, four months at number one. Yeah, and it sold three million copies worldwide. Mm. So if you don't know this song, get out there and have a listen to it because it is simply stunning and it still holds up, as we said. Yes. Apparently um, uh, they had been asked to translate it to English so that everyone could understand what it was about. Um, but they refused because not everyone speaks English yeah. either. Like, why can't it be yeah. in some other language? Just imagine the well. record is like, um, you're going to have to translate, translate that to English. <laughs> like, yeah, no, Because no, yeah. no. you don't need to know. I did go and look up what the lyrics translated yeah. to just for my own, you know, curiosity. But you don't need it. The song speaks to you just through the the melody and the the feeling of the yeah. voice. Yeah, I, I've never I've never actually felt the need to yeah. to know everything that's mm. being sung in the song because I just I like it washes over me and makes me feel I mm. don't know makes me feel things. <laughs> Bet it does. Um, and yeah, Nana Cherry, I love her. I actually just this morning I picked up I won some uh, vinyl in an auction, and one of them was the thirtieth anniversary of her Raw Like Sushi album. So Ooh. I'm going to be going home this weekend to listen to Nana Cherry. Yay! Yeah, so that is our top five from 1994. Let us know which one was your favourite. This is a flashback. A blast from the past. Yesterday, 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 yesterday. Last time, our random topic chosen was a song from a duo. Now, it would have been obvious mm. to pick someone like Eurythmics. Yes. But we've talked about them a lot on the show. We have. We, we and have. we love them. Oh, God, yes, yes. Uh, and actually, but, funnily enough, mine coming to it kind of has a Eurythmics connection. <laughs> yes, it does. Not even kind fact. of, it does it have does a Eurythmics. Yeah. Definitely. Um, but yours, what did you choose, Emma? Oh, it was hard because I... <laughs> Again, with my eclectic taste, I wanted to go so many different ways. I know. You just told me the song that you almost chose and I I love that song. I almost chose Trouble by Shampoo and I was convinced that Wayne would have just looked at me and said, grow up, Emma, be serious. No, and then I just busted out the whole song (laughs) in accent. 
<laughs> so um, a special mention goes out to shampoo with trouble today. <laughs> I decided to go more adult <laughs> uh, and um, go with Would I Lie to You by Charles and Eddie. To you is an R and B song. <laughs> like hey, that one. I, I do love the nineties R and B. By American duo Charles and Eddie, written by Mick Leeson and Peter Vale. Would I Lie to You was the debut single uh, f- taken from their first album, Duophonic. It was their biggest hit and a major international success, reaching number one in the UK for two weeks. Was also number one in New Zealand, Germany, Austria, Zimbabwe, even top five in several other European countries. Um, here in Australia and Canada, it went to number three and was number 13, I think, in the US. Which is a decent showing. Yeah, totally. It achieved award winning sales, uh, earned platinum record in UK, gold record in Germany and Austria, and a silver record award in France. And. Um, the two re- songwriters, Leeson and Val, they received the 1992 Ivor Novello Award Ooh. for Best Song Musically and Lyrically. So that is a serious award. Yeah, definitely. We yeah. often talk about the Ivor Novello Award yeah. and that's something you want to win. Exactly. And it's a beautiful song. Like it's a well-written song. 100%. Mm. Mm. And it is really a moment in time I think as well. Like you just think of that time in the in the 90s when it was out. Yes. You know, I love so much music from that time and it just transports me back to it. Yeah. Graduated high school, feeling good about life. Right. For me, I was like, it just makes me think of year eight discos and, you know. Passion boys. Well, yeah, because this would be towards the end of the disco, if not the last dance, and you'd be like, who am I going to slow dance with? Will someone ask me to slow dance even? Oh, my God. The anticipation. The (laughs) anticipation. (laughs) Um, it, It did very well. It sold two million copies worldwide, the song. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a pity that they didn't sort of do more stuff. Like they did do a couple of albums, yep. Charles and Eddie, because I don't know any – for them. For me, they're a one-hit wonder. In Australia, like, in Australia, they definitely are. Yeah. They did do um, – on their second album, um, they had a song called Wounded Bird. Apparently that was written and recorded for the film True Romance, so that might have gotten a bit of traction through that. Good film. Yeah, yeah. It's been ages since I've seen that film. Yeah, me too. Mm. <laughs> Um, but yeah, they met <laughs> these two guys. Apparently, met on the New York subway when uh, one of them was clutching a copy of Marvin Gaye's Trouble Man, and the other one was impressed and struck up a conversation. And later, they started performing together. There you go. What a way to meet! Yes, I know. I, I don't think I'd want to chat to anyone on a New York subway. Yeah, I've, I've been on a New York subway. They're in, they're interesting. Are they? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I never have. Uh, um, and also, they performed at Bill Clinton's inaugural ball in 1993, which is interesting considering you know Bill Clinton oh, got in trouble for lying. Would I lie to you? Yeah, yeah. And they performed this song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite funny, isn't it? Sadly, Charles is no longer. With us, unfortunately. Oh, he no. di- Yeah, he died of cancer back in 2001, only age 37. Oh. So, you know, it was only, in, yeah, about 11 years after sort of this was all happening um, that that happened, which is really sad. Yeah. But this song is a very good legacy, though. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Do you like the song? I do. I do. It's not yeah. one of my favourites from the era, but I like the song. If it comes on, I will sing it. It's a, yes, everyone knows the words and can yeah. sing along to this song. Look into my eyes. Yeah, that chorus is great. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, yes, I decided to go adult and pick that one instead of my trouble. Okay. What, what have you picked? Well, I choose a female duo from the UK as you well. Choosed. I choose. I chose. Sorry. <laughs> I chose. Um, I chose a female duo from the UK as well. It is. Shakespeare's sister, your history. Yeah, 
I, like many people, was a bit devo when Siobhan Faye left Bananarama. They were a perfect trio. But Bananarama kept going and Siobhan soon started a brand new project by herself. It was called Shakespeare's Sister. A first single was released, Break My Heart, didn't do very well. Marcella Detroit had been working with Siobhan, and when Siobhan's husband, Eurythmics member David A. Stewart, saw their chemistry, he suggested they become a duo. The rest is your history. Pardon the pun. Thank you, I'll be here all week. But it was their first release as a duo and hit 20 in Australia, 7 in the UK and 5 in Finland. I remember this song from back then. I remember not liking it too much then because I thought the woman with the high voice, Marcella, just was a bit weird. (laughs) But now I I really can appreciate it. This song was like crack to me. Yeah. I loved this song. I bought the seven-inch single. I got the album. I was such a massive Shakespeare sister fan. In fact, I've got on pre-order at the moment. They've re-released... Their second album, Hormonally Yours, uh, on a special vinyl. I've got it on order at the moment. Named because they were both pregnant at the time. Is yeah. that correct? I, I think so. <laughs> I think yeah. they were both knocked up at the time. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, but yours. I just, I love their work together. And the, their stuff is so unusual. Mm. Considering where Siobhan came from, Bananarama. Yes. which And the reason she left Bananarama, because she didn't enjoy the manufactured side that they were becoming with Stock Aiken and Waterman. Yeah. She loved their early days. And they really did hang out with a lot of punk bands and very different bands when they were sort of coming up. And then they became more polished as yeah. the years went on. And, and she wasn't interested in that. Yeah. So she wanted to make something a little bit different, which is where Shakespeare's is, sister yeah, came in. what this is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's a really it's a great song, great sort of breakup song. Yeah, this could have fit into our breakup songs. Yeah, this. and lyrically, it's really clever. Mm. You know, and comparing all the things that were history like to this relationship. Yeah, 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 yeah. And was it aimed at Bananarama? Who knows? Ooh, I hadn't even thought about that. I hadn't until this very moment. <laughs> could be. Um, Shakespeare's sister. I didn't realise started as just a project for Siobhan. Yeah. Um, and so she was yeah, did the first single herself and then this was their first as a duo. Yeah. They didn't last too long as a duo. Though. Two albums. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently when they'd been on tour to promote um, Hormonally Yours, tensions developed. And I read that at the 1993 Ivan Novello Awards... Um, Hormonally Yours won, in fact, for Best Contemporary Collection of Songs. Detroit uh, got sideswiped when Siobhan's publicist read a statement terminating the group, saying, I wish Marcy all the best for the future, all's well that ends well. How would that be to know that yeah, well, and sacked a, a, at a, an award show? Apparently that as well the reason, because Siobhan always saw it as her project. Yeah. And she never wanted to release Stay as a single. Right. Because but Stay, she felt, was a Marcella Detroit song. Yeah. Uh, which just had her and guest. And so the record label wanted it released and then it just became Huge. this massive song. And she got a nose out of joint. And I feel like she'd be a tough person to... I don't know. But I don't know. years later they have reformed. They've they've made amends. Yes, they have. And they've have. gone on tour. They released a new EP a couple of years ago. Yeah, which, 2019. Which was really good. Mm. Like I bought it and just love the songs. Okay. Really good. I wish they would come to Australia on tour. I would love to see them. Oh, well. I just, those first two albums are so good. First album is great. I love uh, Run Silent, Run Deep. Mm-hmm. Beautiful song, but that second album is so good. Mm. Love so much of it. Stay, I don't care. Hello, turn your radio on. Great songs. Oh, love them. Nice. Uh, but yeah, they did very well. So they released two albums, had a string of top 40 hits. Uh, yeah, did really well. Shine bright for a small amount of time and then get sacked at an award ceremony. And then, uh, make up and then I'm going to say the next album that she did as a solo act, I didn't enjoy it. Yeah. I think she missed having that other person there because mm. I think because her you know she sings so deep in in Shakespeare's sister that it just missed that that quirkiness of, of, of Marcella's voice yeah another dynamic who released a really great solo album as well okay um yeah cool five four three two one 
Now, I know that a lot of people love Simple Minds. Mm-hmm. It's a group that people have often talked about we should do a feature on. So, And when we did put it up, the voting was massive. Okay. Are you a big Simple Minds guy? I like them. I don't love them. I mm. like them. Yeah. I, I'm a bit the same. Their music all... Sounds a little bit similar to me. Oh, like the, oh. I don't, I, Yeah, I know. That's a probably... Okay, I think I like them more than you then. Awful thing to say. <laughs> I like their biggest hit, you yeah. know. I love Don't You Forget About Me. It's a oh, song. I mean, I, I really love stuff like um, Alive and Kicking, uh, Promise You a Miracle. Uh, mm. You know, they've got some really, you know, really great stuff. Uh, Sanctify Yourself, that's a good song. Yeah, they, again, yeah, they're good, Like, but they don't grab me. I don't okay. think I'm a big... Yeah. You don't have to. This is an awful start to the segment. Because I agree with you, we've had great responses and many, many people are fans. I think, again, they were big in the air. I was a little bit young for them at the time. Yep. So they weren't, you know, had I been a bit. I think a really great thing about this group is that they, even though uh, they are from. You know, the, the, the UK area, or they're from mm. Glasgow, mm. Uh, they were they started really successful here in Australia. They were having hits here in Australia before they were having hits uh, in the UK. Nice. Uh, which is great. Did they have a tour to Australia? Yeah, yeah, they, they did. have. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Simple Minds are a Scottish rock band formed in Glasgow in 1977. They've achieved five UK album chart number ones and sold more than 60 million albums mm. and were the most commercially successful Scottish band of the 1980s. Wow, that's cool. So that's pretty cool. 60 million albums? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's very cool. They're liked. Yeah. <laughs> of course they are. I'm not saying they're a bad band. I'm just yeah. saying I'm, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, keep, keep uh, but let's let's count down our listeners' top five, oh, okay. and there's some really good songs in this list. At number five is the first single from New Gold Dream. It was ten in Australia and thirteen in the UK. It's "Promise You a Miracle." I promised you a miracle. At four is the first single from Sparkle in the Rain. It reached 19 in Australia, 13 in the UK and one in New Zealand. It's Waterfront. Number three is the third single from Once Upon a Time. It reached 46 in Australia, 28 in the US, and nine in the UK. It's all the things she said. Number two, from the Breakfast Club soundtrack, reached six in Australia, seven in the UK, and one in Canada and the US. It's Don't You Forget About Me. Don't you forget about me. Don't, 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 don't you forget about me. But you won't come by. And at number one is the first single from Once Upon a Time. It reached 21 in Australia, seven in the UK, three in the US and one in Italy. It's Alive and Kicking. So I think Don't You Forget About Me is the casual fans pick. Yeah, right. So you know like 80, like <laughs> Which people I am. <laughs> people who just love yeah. 80s music. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Don't You Forget About Me, great song. Yeah. I think people who love Simple Minds like that song. Sure. Clearly it got voted for. But 
you know, like Alive and Kicking is, is seen as a really big song for the group. Oh, and yeah. I really do love Alive and Kicking. It's a really, it's been in my head. I've been walking, as you, you probably heard, I've been walking around your house all yes. day singing Alive and Kicking. <laughs> yes. Out of all of these, because so, I listened to the whole thing on, on my drive here, yeah. and it's the one that's stuck in my head. Okay. Okay. Which obviously means it's a good song. And yeah. that's a fair call. Yeah, you'd be right in the casual fans and fans of the 80s, yeah, which don't you forget about me, sticks out because it was so damn famous. Yes. Yeah, yeah and got them to number one in the US. Yeah. And and actually at the time, I remember reading this uh, recently, a lot of the fans, Simple Mind fans, got upset by this song. Cause, really? Because they thought it didn't sound like the bands and they thought that it was just made for commercial purposes to – get them a hit in the US, which it did. Was that why it was made, do you I think? don't know. I don't know. I don't, yeah. mm. Clever if it was. Yeah, like well, because it worked. It totally worked. <laughs> like, to get number one in the US, particularly in the 80s, when music was so, so tough. And around that point, there was there big was artists releasing big on. music. There's Prince, there's Bowie, there's everyone. Madonna. Like Madonna. Michael Jackson, yep. you yep. know, you name it. Big yep. artists around that time. Yes. I mean, and, and it is a cultural moment. Breakfast Club is a moment in culture. Uh, and it is the song that we associate with that film. Yes, yes. That was such a good movie. Such a good movie. Such. Uh, gosh, I want to go and see that movie again. Yeah, and, you don't have to go see it. Uh, I've got the DVD, I can lend it to you. <laughs> <laughs> Who's got a DVD player anymore? I stream, baby. Oh, all right. <laughs> no, I literally don't have a DVD player that works. Anyway, uh, I digress. <laughs> Molly Ringwald. Yeah. What's happened to Molly? Well, she was playing Archie's mum on uh, Riverdale. <gasps> I haven't watched Riverdale. Okay. Don't. Sorry, Molly. I mean, I watched it for seasons and seasons, and I struggled, and I've, I finally gave up last season. Oh. There was only so much that I can watch just because Archie's good looking. I, that you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fair enough. I mean, he's very good looking. Um, but, but she was the darling of 80s cinema. Yeah. Teenage cinema, yeah. at least. Like. And this is like the epitome. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh. Uh, now let's have a look at the rest of the top ten. Mm. All great songs. Six, Belfast Child. Seven, Love Song. Eight, Someone, Somewhere in Summertime. Nine, Sanctify Yourself, which I love. And ten, Speed Your Love to Me. Nice. I don't know a lot of the songs. Again, I'm, I haven't listened to a lot of them. You haven't been listening to my radio station, My 88, because we play. You say that every week. We play a <laughs> lot of Simple Minds. <laughs> Do you? Well, uh, clearly our programmer, Kevin, is a big fan. Right. Because he plays a lot of Simple Minds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice. In fact, I think there was a Simple Minds song in my show this morning. I think it was Someone Somewhere in Summertime was played in my show this morning. There you go. There you go. Small. Um, so, but here we go. Let's just talk about how big the band is. In mm. 2014, they were awarded the Q Inspiration Award for their contribution to the music industry and an Ivan Novello Award in 2016 for Outstanding Song Collection from the British Academy of Songwriters, Composers and Authors. Mm. Other notable recognitions include nominations for both the MTV Video Music Awards for Best Direction and Best Art Direction for Don't You Forget About Me. And in 1986, nomination for the Brit Award for Best British Group and the American Music Award for Favourite Pop Rock Band Duo Group in 87. And Belfast Child was nominated for Song of the Year at the 1990 Brit Awards. Okay, so they're awarded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty awarded. That's impressive. And did you know that he was married to Chrissy Hine from The Pretenders? I didn't know that until I read it. Yeah, that's... Are they still married? No, no, they're definitely not. No, because then yeah. he also married Patsy Kensett, who was a bit of a buzz girl for a while there. Ah, oh, um, yes. That and they broke only up. only lasted as, a few years They broke too. up as well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, you got Rock and roll them. weddings. Got to try these yeah. things. Do you know how they got their ma- name? Apparently. I, I do, but you tell us. They yeah. took their name from um, a line in David Bowie's The Gene Genie. Um, he's so simple-minded, he can't drive his module. So there are David Bowie fans. Yeah. And yeah, and I think you can hear that in that early music, Mm. like "Promise You a Miracle," which is one of their really early songs. I hear that Bowie influence. When did they start? Oh, seventy nine. Okay, yeah. So they really are a band. Oh, oh, sorry, seventy seven. But they really are a band of the eighties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very much, and part of that that second second wave British invasion of the US. Um, Mm. Yeah. So frontman Jim Kerr and guitarist Charlie Birchall have known each other since they were eight years old. 
Oh, another one of those we've known each other forever. Yeah. Like the Bananarama Girls. Yeah. Lots of others. Yeah, and they were the band's uh, sort of chief songwriters. So clearly they knew each other really well and were able to work quite cohesively. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah, good Good, good pick. Yeah, yeah. I, that was really enjoyable seeing the votes come through and seeing people talk about their love of Simple Minds and and why they love songs. It's, I, I really enjoy that part of it. Nice. Yeah. Which do we have coming up next? Next week? artist, very different. Really. Now this artist did go past the nineties, but their first three albums were in the nineties, and they were their most commercially successful. Okay. So this artist is a little strange. Like, when I say a little strange, batshit crazy. Like, she'll attack you at an airport crazy. Like Bjork kind of Bjork! Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Uh, Bjork, who I love. Uh, And her first three albums are wonderful. Uh, And so that's what we can cover. Wow, we're covering Bjork. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So put on your swan dress for next episode. please. Um, the song that just runs through my head when I hear Bjork is It's So So Quiet, which I think I've talked you about. You have, on the show yeah. Picked, see, for me, that's not one of my favourites. Oh, I love it. Um, it's not one of her favourites either. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she'd rather you didn't vote <laughs> yeah, for it, no. but if you want to, you can. Uh, you'll make <laughs> no, Emma happy, no, no. not Bjork. Uh, <laughs> but lots lots to, to vote for. Um, mm. I, I really, really love that early work of Bjork. And I, I probably lost touch with her over the years. As in You've the, lost as touch. In, as in you don't her, talk the as much as you no, used we don't. to. Uh, no, she doesn't talk to me because I don't play her as songs anymore. Um, but yeah, no, no, I, I, but those first three albums really are, are wonderful and yeah. I can't wait to have a chat about them next episode. Okay. All right, cool. now pull out the die. Yes. 20-sided die and give us a roll. Legs 11. Legs 11. Songs from an Irish person. <gasps> I know who I'm picking already. Can it be an Irish band? Sure. Well, there are no, there's Irish people in well, Irish yes. bands. <laughs> it's true. Well, you said from an Irish person. Oh, like, Irish band. Okay. From an Irish artist then. I well, just yeah. immediately think the cause. And I love the cause. Yeah. Cool. All right. So, so you can't already, pick the cause. Hashtag spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> well, it might not happen. I do yeah. change my mind from time to time. Yes. All right. Cool. All right. Well, uh, let's go have some wine and cheese. Okie dokie. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.